0: Welcome to Epiphany Fellowship's podcast, where our goal is to see people everywhere show off the glory of Christ in every area of life. We pray that you are blessed and encouraged by today's message. If y'all know y'all God is awesome, you can make some more noise. Y'all can pat a cake God if you want to. I'm going to give him praise regardless of whatever. I'm going through, I don't know why y'all sat down, y'all already know. You gotta get that Open your Bibles to the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 43, <clears throat> Isaiah chapter 43, meet me in verse 16, Isaiah 43, verse 16, we're going to read it all together, y'all Ready? On three. No? All right, let's do it this way. If you got it, say, I got it. it. If you don't have it, say, hold on, wait for me. All right, there's a few waiters. Two and one. All right. Let's read on three. One, two, three. This is what the Lord says who makes a way in the sea and a path through the raging water, who brings out the chariots. 19 in the Amen, if I could tag this text for us this uh, still morning, I'd like to tag it, "Do you not see it?" Turn to your neighbor, say, neighbor. neighbor. Do, you see it? do you see it? That neighbor ain't see it. to so turn) Turn, turn to the other neighbor and say, Neighbor, neighbor. hopefully, hopefully. By, the sermon, by the end of this sermon, we're all going to see it. Let's pray. Help me, Lord. Help me. Father, we thank you and praise you for yet another opportunity to open up your word, to hear from your voice, for clarity, for conviction. Lord, I pray that you would use us, that you would use me, this mere man, to tell the truth about your word regardless of the season you say be ready in season and out of season And so Lord I'd be lying if I said I was fully here but I know that with the power of the Holy Spirit you will make my words clear so that we would know who you are and walk in light of them Lord, give me preaching power. Give me clarity of mind and clarity of speech. I pray all these things in the precious name of Jesus Christ and every glad heart said, Amen. 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 Do you not see it? In 1951, there was an English missionary by the name of Alan Garter. And he was on a ship on his way to South Africa, opening up a mission field. The ship wrecked on the island off the coast of South Africa, and sadly he died right there on that island. Before dying, he lived for quite some time with the survivors, and eventually they all died a painful and terrible death of hunger and thirst. Everything went wrong for him. He never got to the mission field. He, did, he died far from his family. But he prayed, Lord, rescue me. And sadly, no one came. And so he passed. His body was later found, along with his journal, And the last thing he wrote in his journal was Psalms 34, verse 10. Young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Right underneath uh, the scripture, the verse that he wrote, he penned these words. He says, I am overwhelmed with a sense of God's goodness friends you may or may not want to be honest with me today but I'm going to be honest with you I wish my journal read that way the, these last few months I, as a matter of fact these last this just this past week have been one of the hardest weeks of my life and yet I journal but my journal reads like this I'm overwhelmed with life That's honest to say that I'm overwhelmed with life. But the reality is this, that when I come to a text like this, I have to believe the truth about God and his promises. This This text here is tailored to teach us a promise of God. And that promise is God is always working for the good of his people. Notice, notice I said always working for the good of his people. When you're trusting him, he's working for your good. But also when you've been doubting him, he's still working for your good. We see earlier in Isaiah, the people of Israel come together and once again they are grumbling and accusing God of ignoring their troubles. They said maybe the gods of Babylon are greater than our God. But what's crazy about this saying is God has just delivered them from the hands of Babylon, but yet they decide that a God of somebody else would work better than the God who just brought us out. Wow. The thanks God gets is He doesn't care about us. Here I am telling myself again when, when, when I see this response, I see me. But it's never, it never fails what happens next. God responds to me, Son, I know you suffer from spiritual amnesia. So this is what I want you to do. So I want you to take a few minutes and go back down memory lane. Yeah. It is, is there anybody who's grateful that God is patient enough and gracious enough to let you let you in your own mess yeah. say, listen, son, I, I know that you think it's bad, but just take a step back yeah. down memory. Is there anybody here yeah. who's grateful to God? Yeah. Yeah. He's patient enough and he's gracious enough, even when we're the ones that are stripping. Yeah. That God responds to us in grace. Love what God does next and how he responds to Israel. He says he says this Remember what I did in your past. That's the first point. Remember what God did in your past. Verse sixteen says this says, I make ways in the sea. A path through the raging waters. I bring out the chariots and the horses, the army and the mighty ones together. They lie down and do not rise. They are extinguished, put out like a wig. These, this section of scripture is, is a reflection or, 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 or a reminder to them of Exodus chapter 14. Where God says, y'all, y'all need to remember, or, or do you Remember? When I hardened the heart of Pharaoh, after you just got out, I hardened his heart and I sent him to come after you. Do you remember where you were camping out, facing the Red Sea? You were waking up in the... You were were awakened in the morning. And what you were met with was a sea, but you were also met with an army who was trying to get you back into captivity. Do you remember doesn't stop there, but do you remember when I put up a pillar between you and the army to hold them back while I spoke to my chosen one, Moses? When I told Moses, listen, get get, get all the Israelites and and gather them together. Make sure they get, get all their belongings because I'm about to make a way. What I want you to do, Moses, is I want you to go out there and put your hand out. What's going to happen is the sea is going to part and you're going to walk on dry land. Yeah. What? God is so funny, he removes the pillar. Lord, why don't I just keep the pillar until they can't see us no more? <laughs> removes the pillar and has the, the, the Egyptians walk right on the same dry land that they're walking on. Yeah. Wow, wow. Israelites get to the end and what happens? Egyptians are in the middle. And God sends. I'm going to send some confusion in there. So you can't even see what's going on. And he says, Moses, I, I, I've been talking to you already. I need you to still listen to my voice and do what I tell you to do. Moses gets to the other side and he lifts his hand and the seas crash against the Egyptians. Why, why do I say that? Why do I say that? Because what God was trying to do was trying to show them that I have all power. He wasn't just trying to show it to the Israelites. Watch this. He wanted to show it to all the nations. That's why he destroyed the Egyptians. He says that Pharaoh, Pharaoh is going to know who God really is. But all of the nations around will know who who really is in control. This is what he said. He says, remember this. Remember what I've been doing all along. Not only does he remind them Of what is happening. He wants you to reflect on it. Even now. Every now and then. We need to take a step back. And look how God has made a way before. But here's the interesting part. Because watch verse 18. Throws me for a loop. I read it and I said, Lord, I don't know what you're talking about. I need your help. It, It says this. In verse, in verse 18, do not remember the past events. <laughs> but, but the first, the 16 and 17 says, remember what I've done for you. Right. Then you throw me for a loop and say, in 18, don't you remember that? It says, pay no attention to the things of old. I said, Lord... And he says, son, you're, you're absolutely right. I did say look back. But what I don't want you to do is I don't want you to limit my power to what's in the past. Yeah. Here it is. That's, that's point two. Don't limit God's power to your past. Don't, don't limit his power to your past. Yes, yes, he's done it. But, oh, but, oh, but, oh, but, but no. Just know that God yeah, yeah. All right, let me, let me get back. God, God, Bishop was about to tear, tear, take me out of here. Don't do that, dog. God, God, God is reminding Israel, the Israelites, to take a glance at the past. But he says, don't live there. He says, now, 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 why do we take a glance at the past, but we can't live there? I'm glad y'all asked. Y'all asked all the right questions. I'm so happy. I love this church. It's because. <laughs> There are some dangers of living in the past. Yeah. Can, can I give you a few of them? Here it is. Yeah. We get complacent. Yeah. Y'all know how we go. It, it's cozy here. Right. Oh, oh, I love what's normal to me. Yeah. I love how I don't have to, nothing in my boat is being shaken up. Yeah. We smooth sailing. But, but, but here's the problem, and this is the second one, it stunts your growth. When you remain in the past, there's no way you can grow. Yeah. <laughs> You're at a standstill. Yeah. Let, let, let me talk about this, this growth thing. I, I love going to the therapist with my wife. I love it. I love it. It was the best thing we've ever done um, in our very short uh, time of being married, right? And when we get there, I love, I love our therapist. She's a May a zing. <laughs> y'all know how y'all be spelling now it's Instagram stuff, right? So we get there, and this is the last, I think two weeks ago was the first time I ever went by myself. I I was wondering, I said, Lord, I don't know what I'm going to say to her, but um, you're going to do what you got to do. So I get there, and she says, hey, how have you been? I said, "Mm, I'm all right. I said, no, I'm not. No, I'm not all right. And I walk, her, I, you know, I walk her through what I've been doing and all the stuff that's going on in family and in life and in ministry. And then she says, yeah, I hear all day. But, and that's at the beginning. She says, how, how have you been? And then at the end, she says, you know what? I'm going to give you some homework so that you can work on the things that you need to work on so that you can grow. Watch this. Some of us are still in the place where we've been because we failed to deal with the past. And so, when we fail to deal with the past, we can't move on, and we're wondering why God is keeping us here, and why He's keeping us here, and, and we can't get past it. It's because you have to, whether you have to deal with it, whether you have to acknowledge it, you can do all that. Yes, do it, but you got to keep growing so that you can grow. I'm moving. I'm moving. It stunts your growth, but here's another one bad stewardship. That's stewardship, And I want to talk about one in particular. It's time. Time. If you made in the past, time. Here, here's what Jen Wilkins says in her, in her book, None Like Him. It says, trusting God with our time means we have to make good use of the time that we've been given. Yeah. She goes on and says, redeeming the time requires us letting the past stay in the past here it is. We can cling to the past by indulging in two different emotions. Watch this. You know how some of us are. Sinful nostalgia or regret. There's two types of people. You you look back and you're like, dang, man, I shouldn't have did that. But you don't see it as being a redeeming thing. Because where you are now is nowhere where you've been. We we have to redeem our time. Here's the last one: missed opportunities. When we remain in the past, when we stay stuck in the past, we can't move forward. And because we can't move forward, we will miss the opportunities that God is given to us. My uh, grandfather in the faith he don't know it yet, but one day I've been in the same room with him, but I'm, one day I'm meeting um, is Dr. Tony Evans. He, he writes this about the past. That, that was, I need your help, Bishop. All right, um, anyway. <laughs> he, here's what he says about the past. If you spend your, all your time today thinking about the failures or successes of yesterday, then you will ruin your tomorrow. Wow. He, 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 finish, he goes on and says, when today looks too long at yesterday, we are borrowing from tomorrow's time. Wow. He, 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 he goes on and he, he explains it like this. He says this. Yesterday is like a rearview mirror. When you are going somewhere in your car, you use your rearview mirror, right? Okay. He says a rearview mirror shows that you shows you that shows you what's behind you. You need a rearview mirror, but you only need a rearview mirror to glance in it. You can't live there. You don't move forward by focusing on the rear view mirror. You move forward by focusing on the windshield. This, doc, this, look, this is Dr. Evans. He, I ain't come up with this. I'm just letting y'all know. <laughs> if you live in the rearview mirror, you will hurt somebody. But in front of the rear view mirror is a much bigger piece of glass, and it's called the windshield. He says this, the windshield shows you where you are going and that's a lot bigger than where you have been. He said, don't let yesterday mess up your today, which will ruin your tomorrow. Don't you stay stuck in living in the past. God has bigger and better things for you. The past is there to propel us also to get us to see that the same God who worked back then is still working right now this leads me to my last and final point I'm in my seat, God is at work in your present God is at work in your present look at verse 19, I love the way uh, the uh, King James says it, it says behold I am doing a new thing even now it is coming Here's where we pulled our our title for today. Do you not see it? Indeed, I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. God tells the people, look at how I've made a way back then. But he says, don't get stuck there because why? I'm doing something new. Help me, Holy Ghost. Friends, the Israelites wanted God to do certain things for themselves. But what they didn't see is what God was trying to do in them. Okay. How how, how do I know this? That they wanted him to do something or even that he wanted to do it. Here, Here it is. Time and time again, They have made it clear to the leaders and to God that if we have stayed in bondage rather than being brought out of here to die, they wanted to stay and remain in something that was actually holding them down because they couldn't see what God was taking them. Friends, we get stuck in where we are because sometimes our big view is not God's big view. But this is, this is what God says. God says, I'm, I'm, I'm showing you something. I'm showing you and I'm using all of these things that have been coming into your lives to purify you. Why am I trying to purify you? I'm trying to purify you so that when it comes time to share with all the nations, I want you to be real and I want you to be clear of who I am. God is showing them not just that he can do great things, but he's ultimately showing them himself. What they wanted to see wasn't what God wanted to show them. And so often, if you're honest once again, you feel the same exact way. We say, Lord, you're doing a new thing. And when you do a new thing, I want you to do it like: give me that job, give me that house. Here's a prayer that I'm, I pray: Lord, give us more kids. Lord, heal this person. Lord, watch this: remove this person. Here, here's some from, for the single people: Lord, send me a spouse. It's hard in these streets. Here's here's, here's one of the prayers that I think most of us have prayed. Lord, open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. But little do we pray, Lord, not what I think you should do, but do what you want to do. We should pray prayers like this. Lord, help me see the thing that you're doing the way you see it. Help me want the things that you want. mm. Here it is, and I'm, I'm closing. There, there was a father and a son, and they were walking through the art gallery, and, and, and the son was looking at all these beautiful things, looking at the art, and then um, different uh, murals and stuff like that. And so they get to this, this big open room, and the son's standing on one side of the room, and the father's standing on the other. And he says, the son says, Daddy, what is that? I, I just don't see it. And the father said, son, but look, it's right here. If you look right here, if you see this, don't you see this part of it? He's like, dad, I just, I really don't see it. I, I don't. And the father said, son, it's, it's right there. It, it's, I can see it clearly. And then after a while, he looked at his son, he said, I, I think I see what the, what the problem is. He grabbed his son and pulled him in front of him. And the son looked at him and says, daddy, I see it now. What am I trying to say? We need to stop standing on the other side saying, Lord, I want you to do this, and get his perspective and say, Oh, Lord, it looks much better than my plan over here. We, we as those who declare that Christ is Lord, must walk in the fact that our lives are not our own, but they have been bought. And the new work that God is doing, he's trying to make us look like the one who's paid for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all, y'all know who paid for it, right? Yeah. Jesus. The one who did a new thing when he was born of a virgin Mary. Jesus. The one where he was rejected a room in the inn. Jesus. When he seen the people disrespecting the temple went in and just, he ain't say, y'all got to stop this. But he started flipping things over. Jesus, the one who fed 5,000 with just two catfish and five Cheddar Bay Biscuits. (laughs) Jesus ultimately does a new thing when he carries a cross up the hill. And he gets up there and he doesn't just put the cross in the ground, but he, he says, I'm going a, I'm to a be put up on this thing. I'm going to take the nails in my hand and the nails in my feet. And I'm going to have a thorn in my side, a, a spear in my side and thorn, a crown of thorns on my head. And I'm, I'm going to every now and then pull myself up and talk to my God about them. Yeah. Yeah. That's a new thing. That's a new thing. Because he did that new thing. Notice that his new thing doesn't just stop there. Because every day of our lives, the thing that he did then affects how we live today. It says this in verse ten. You want to know what he's doing? It's right in verse ten. He says, You're my witnesses. You're my servants. You're whom I have chosen. This is what he's trying to get you to do. He's trying to get you to know and believe and understand that he is God. I'm doing a new thing every day by pointing you, by uh, uh, fixing you and cleaning you to look like the one who bought you. This is the new thing. I'm doing a new thing by making you look like Christ every day of your life. And so if it's suffering that you have to go through, if it's a long night of uh, not getting enough sleep you have to go through, God is doing something for a big picture, and the big picture is so I look like Jesus Christ. Surrender to what God's new thing is. And do what our Savior did. He says, not my will, but thy will be done. Amen. Father, we thank you. And we praise you. Amen. You are at work in us. Thank you that you care about us. That you do not just save us, but you continue to use us. Continue to clean us and mold us into the image of Jesus Christ. Thank you that you take such good care for us and of us. Lord, help us to walk in your new way. Help us to surrender to what you are doing. So that when people look at us, they would see no one but Jesus. And they would say, what must I do to be saved? We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' precious name I pray. And every glad heart said... Amen. Hello, this is Dr. Eric Mason, founder of pastor of Epiphany Fellowship. Thank you for tuning in today. Hopefully the word of God was a blessing to you. Also, if you want to help us build the kingdom from Philly and beyond